Welcome to the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon presented by Tuckaseegee Fly Shopping Guide Service. Located at 3 Depot Street, Bryson City and 530 West Main Street, Silva, North Carolina. Tuckaseegee Fly Shopping Guide Service is your number one stop prior and after your epic fly fishing adventure in Western North Carolina. Visit tuckflyshop.com for stream flow information, book a guided trip, or even shop for your official Tuckaseegee Fly Shop gear. Follow the crew on Facebook at Tuckaseegee Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and on YouTube at Tuckaseegee Fly Shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Norvox. From their original 1970s prototype to the latest Legacy C in five amazing colors. Radical Red, Sunset Orange, Shamrock Green, Royal Purple, Liberty Blue. Norvice has been committed to one thing, efficiency. By adding the Norvice Auto Bobbin to your Norvice, you can tie better flies faster. For more information, visit www. Nor-vice.com. Here in our Silva Studios today, we have Coach Dale Diesel Collins, Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett, and I'm your host, Shannon Big Mess Messer. All right, everybody, Dr. Johnny Fever here for WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, my bad. Welcome, everybody, back Wrong to job. another exciting episode of the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon. Hello, everybody. What's up? How's it going, guys? Oh, uh, who is that? It's a different voice. Dale, you changed your voice. Yeah, and grew a oh. lot of hair. Uh, there we go. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, I do feel like Chris Chris got some of your hair at some point. <laughs> My like, brother I, from another mother. <laughs> heard, man. He's got some thick hair. Well, perfect, man. Welcome, everybody, back to this week's episode of the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon. We do have another guest here, back-to-back weeks, Chris Hart, who is our Sims rep here in the local area. So, Chris, welcome to the TuckCast. Hey, thanks, guys. What's the what's the formal name of your, your agency? Uh, my rep agency is Southeast Trading Company. There you go. And, yeah. and what all brands are you? Right now, we currently do Sims. We do Galvin fly reels yeah. and um, brake line sunglasses. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that stuff here, here shortly. Um, a lot of things going on. I was, uh, I really didn't know what to think last night about seven thirty, sitting in the recliner, not at the vice. Still hadn't been at the vice since I got that recliner. So that's about the change. Though. I got to clean that tying room up, man. The home run derby was last night. Holy smokes. I didn't, I didn't watch it. Shannon did. What are your thoughts, Shannon? I was multitasking. Orange Palmer's on the way to the fly shop. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of hype to uh, to Otani, for sure. And you talk about the pressure of it. He didn't make it past the first round. Yeah. That's okay. Because he hit them all during Did, the season. He, he, he hit them all during the season, but just the way he hits the ball, the way he attacks the ball. Um, the other part of that, too, is there's a lot of pressure on the, the person throwing. Throwing, you, throwing. Yes. And I think you often forget about that. This year, across the board, everybody was a paid professional. Um, now, the gentleman who ended up in the finals, who's the cancer survivor, man, his uh, the person Trey throwing him was, was a college, his college Notre Dame, uh, yeah. uh, BP coach that threw to him there. So he wasn't a pro coach, but he's college, so he's yeah. definitely professional in my book. There was no cousins, there was no dads, 
No yeah. aunts, no uncles throwing BP out there. It's so important. And now this format, it is timed. It's not like 10 outs. Right. You know, it's it's time. So you need to be throwing darts to yeah. one specific and get into a rhythm. There was at one point for a couple guys, two balls were in the air while the next one was getting pitched. Mm-hmm. Like they hadn't landed yet. Two balls. That's like, key. That's quick. It's key because it is a numbers game. Yeah. It really is. I love the it's format. A, it's a numbers game. I mean, when you see somebody get hot, you can tell. It's like, so, boom. So, I, I take it Chris didn't watch it. So I didn't watch it. But who, who's pitching to these guys? It's it's like like their pitching coach for the team or – So they bring their own pitcher on with yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, they get to pick who pitches, right? Yeah. yeah, they got the L screen set up. I mean, it's just like BP prior to a game. Shohante had uh, – his interpreter was a catcher. <laughs> Oh, was it really? Yeah. I yeah. told Stacy, was like, this is what a normal guy looks like in the MLB ring. I think he cost him. <laughs> it, so before they went to the to the swing off, he had a little bit of time, and the catcher stood up. Go back and look. He took and a, a break, too. He took he, some Gatorade. Yeah, but no, no, no. Before, they had like five seconds left. They could have thrown one more ball. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the catcher stood up like this, like he thought he had advanced, and that oh. ball didn't get out of the – he had one more shot. Oh, short. Yes. So – yeah, the format for anybody that didn't watch it. Exactly, that was the f- you know it, it, they had a bracket. Okay, they were they were seeded hitters. So like you had an eight seed and then one seed, and I think Mancini was the eight seed. Ended up in the final. Uh, Mancini was not the he was the eight. He was not the eight seed. He was down there though, wasn't he? No, the the uh, Soto was the eight seed. That's right. So. That's right. I don't know any of these guys. So they got three minutes. Except for the one pitcher that hit all the home runs. So they got three minutes to hit as many balls as they can. And if they go 475, they get a bonus 30 seconds. Is it? And there was another 30-second bonus, too. What was that? If just every time you went 475-plus, you got a bonus? I, I can't remember. So a lot of people ended up with an extra minute. Minutes. That's a long way to hit a baseball. There was, yeah, I think well, like a minute. 520. That's yeah. different baseball. It's got to be than what they played. They didn't use the humidor last night. Yeah, it was in Denver. So, all right, Atlanta. we'll bring up a sore topic here. It was supposed to be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yep, Atlanta. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. you remember well, this? Now don't I know you? what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a lot of listeners in Atlanta, Chris. Okay, uh, that's eight. So, um, in the Atlanta area, I texted Shannon. I looked at the radar about the first pitch. Like they're singing a national anthem. I look at the radar, and it is absolutely pissing rain in. Smyrna, Georgia. You said buckets. Buckets. Buckets is what his text said. Yeah, I'm drinking bourbon, so it's pissing now. It was buckets. <laughs> and and it wasn't going to end anytime soon, so the home run derby would not have happened last night in Atlanta. However, the people still would have lodged. They still would have bought food. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's getting into the economics I mean, and politics of it. Yeah, I want to stay so. away from that. But but in terms Good of... idea. <laughs> they still would have partied. Yeah. And they may... Still got arrested. I, <laughs> So, but I think it worked out great. I wish the home run derby every year was in Denver. Yeah, no. because of the no, no. the thinner air. No. Those balls are gone. No. They were they were estimating an extra twenty four feet on every hit. Last give me night. a short ballpark. Give me a short fence. Yeah, like Fenway. Give me a short fence. Yeah, mm. yeah. Chris, do you watch baseball at all? Uh, watch my uh, six year old play. <laughs> <laughs> do a little coaching on the side. So, yeah. so the big thing this year is there's a pitcher for the Los Angeles. Is it Los Angeles Angels. Anaheim Angels? Anaheim, I can't hear, right? They switch it all the time. It's the Los Angeles is it? Angels. Gosh, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, he's Angels. hit how many home runs in the season? Thirty three. Thirty three home runs as wow. a starting pitcher. 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 Wow. That's not 
heard of. So he's told like Babe Ruth. I was like, what? No, the no, no, I got you. Yeah, we went we went to a uh, sounds game up in Nashville with the little guy. You know, it's the uh, minor leagues like Triple A ball. Yeah, and uh, all the you know he kept asking me why the pitchers kept striking out. I was like, well, <laughs> pitchers aren't supposed to hit the ball. Now you're telling me about this guy that's like he's leading the league in home runs in or Major something. League yeah. Baseball, crushing. But crushing. pitchers should hit the ball. I would yeah. think so. I, I mean, that it, was one thing about John Smoltz. John Smoltz could hit it. The Braves, they they had an internal competition. Yeah. I mean, it was bragging rights. Glavin. Um, and, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Glavin Maddox. Salty. Maddox. Maddox. Yeah. I like Bo Maddox. Complete, yeah, throw a complete game, nine-inning game with 80-some pitches. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the key, some. 80. Yeah. Well, hey, so yeah. in other news, Washington football team still trying to figure out a name. Yeah, they don't they, have one, do they? They came close, but it offended too many people, so they didn't. What was it? I, Warriors. I, I, had, I hadn't heard the about what? it. It was going to be the Warriors, uh, maybe. And Warriors? They, they and said, it if, that's too, too borderline. Yeah, I can't do that either. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. It was too close to being a borderline. A warrior. Are they still the Wizards in NBA? No. What yes, they are the Wizards. They used to be the Bullets. Well, I mean. Remember there's the Bullets? The bu- the, yeah, there right, was the yeah. Washington Bullets. Yeah. Man. Well, so that's what's going on in the NFL. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whatever so, happened, it wasn't Tebow coming back or something. Tebow's he's he's back, man. Back, yeah. He's yeah. back. Jacksonville, is that right? Yeah. He's back. That's big news. He's Jacksonville. Wow. Tied in. Tied in. Tied in, really? Tied in Tim Tebow. Hey, yes. Carl Ravage. I don't know if anybody's paid attention, but that guy's diesel. Like, he is ripped. He did um, maybe some golf coverage or something. This is the commentator, mm-hmm. Carl Ravage. I know who he is. Um, I can't remember. It was some relaxed format. About a week or two ago. Oh, was, was it watching. with Phil and Tom and them when they played? It might have been. Aaron Rodgers and Dishon. The, the matchup. Yeah. Up, up in the, Brady was talking smack, too, man. They all were, dude. Yeah. Man, Phil was lighting them up. Phil was lighting them up. He's like, yeah, but I'm the PGA champion. <laughs> True. And he's like, and he was giving DeChambeau hell because he was like, hey, you just got outdriven by a 53-year-old, blah, 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 or 50, whatever he is. Yeah. But, yeah, that was fun to watch. But yeah, so Ravage is wearing like – Apollo, but it was like he went to Baby Gap or something. It was all tight, <laughs> like right here, like just yeah, squeezing his bicep yeah. out. And, and it's like he'd lift up his arm. I'm like, I wonder if he's flexing right now. Like he's trying to like point to the gun show. It's like uh, <laughs> right, there. right over there at that hole. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we we digress there. But uh, yeah. what else we got going on? Uh, hey, Waynesville. Hey, Wayne's World. Waynesville. The two eight seven eight six opening. Tomorrow for the first day, soft opening. Chris is helping us fill it up. I uh, I like soft <laughs> openings. That's a that's a good way to test the market out, guys. Yeah. So kind of don't let anybody know. That way, if you don't have the inventory, you're all right. Yeah. Especially this year. <laughs> yeah. Soft openings are fantastic. <laughs> well, they really are. We just circled back to that one. Oh boy. Oh man. And and Shannon's not drinking bourbon. <laughs> just uh, root so, beer. Out of just out of curiosity, beer. are we allowed to talk about like what we saw today, or like is it yeah, yeah, secret? Yeah. Or, no, or no, can it be so, thrown no. out there to the public? So no, no, yeah, you can talk about it. Uh, fish hatchery, you can talk about that. So Orvis has got this. Cr- no, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the maintenance man in the hotel is going to be talking about it because he seems to like to go in there and thumb my clothes a whole bunch. Is he like right in there now. vacuuming like three times a no, day? No, he, he like comes in and like lurks around the lurks around the uh, the garment racks and. Ask me if any of it's free. Like, oh, it would be weird if he did it once, or, or not weird. I would say it would be not weird if he did it once, but he's yeah. in there like every couple hours. Kind of, 
kind of freaking me You're going to go in in the morning, he's going to like pop out of I mean, rack. he's got a key yeah. to the thing, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's got a key to it. Better inventory that rascal. <laughs> That's right, yeah, I think so. <laughs> he comes in wearing that new shirt right there. Hey, where'd you get that one? So basically, we went over and saw uh, Chris today and looked at the, the 22 spring line because we have to kind of figure all that out in advance. They won't let us just order it day by day for some reason. Yeah, they, they they like to know what they need to make. So we went over and checked it out, saw some of the new products that are coming out. Um, Chris went through a bunch of stuff that I forget half of it now. I'm glad you gave us a book. Yeah, I went through a lot of complaining too. You know, it's <laughs> kind of normal with the tuck guys here. You know, this why did they put that seam there? Who's designing that? What's wrong with that guy? Why are the buttons that color? Yeah, what the, what the, who what are they thinking? Listen, what are they a Montana company when, or something have, that's never going to sell so in the southeast? When you have bulging disc. When you have bulging disc issues, these things become important. Absolutely. You know, that's Are you talking about my sciatica? <laughs> no. <laughs> They're bringing up an. <laughs> I thought you were talking ESPN, about my sciatica. Garrison, Garrison Hurst. Bunch of bulging oh, discs. Just go I find mean, <laughs> Just got to go find that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. It was the injury report. <clears throat> we, we bring that stuff up. Um, yeah. We're particular. Uh, we're on the car ride back over the mountain. Aiden, uh, Aiden went with us today. She's like, you know, you guys are really particular. Like, y'all y'all pay attention y'all y'all pay attention to this stuff and it, it matters. And you like, you pay attention to everything but what your rep tells you. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> with reps we got a ten percent rule. I believe it. Yeah, ten percent yeah. of what you say is maybe true. Yeah, yep. the rest of it. No, I'm just I'm just making well, that the, up. On the, the age old joke is how do you know when a rep's lying? That's if his mouth's moving, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. There it is. <laughs> well, no, it, it was. It's always a good time to get over there with you, Chris, and. And look at the line. It's it's good to get out of the the day to day routine. And honestly, it is a gorgeous drive from here to Brevard. Um, you know, we 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 go up the East Fork and up over Blue Ridge Parkway and come down, and we're right there at Sliding Rock, looking look, looking Glass Creek. You can't say that fast. Look looking Glass Creek. Like if you try to look at Glass Creek, that's the Woodford. have another sip of whiskey. <laughs> that's, the, that's the Woodford talking. <laughs> but. Uh, but no, it, it it's a beautiful drive. So it is actually actually very relaxing to do that um, and get over there. It's kind so, of through that uh, Pigeon River watershed. That's really good. Watershed, watershed. The I watershed said, is fantastic. Very yeah, good. Watershed. We had an article written about the shop up in Waynesville, and they put how was it worded that there's great water on the pigeon. there's great water on the Pigeon River, and they didn't put watershed, and that's what he said when. I just said on the. There's pigeon. a lot of people probably think I'm a fool for saying there's great water in the Pigeon River because it, fish glow at dark. Yeah. So. Yeah. It wasn't the paper mill down there or still yeah. down oh, there? Oh, yeah. It's still there. Yeah. So, But anyways, we Milk saw a ton cartons. of product. All of it was Sims. They got cool stuff. That's all we can say. Yeah, you know, it's a... Uh, no, tell us a couple of the things that are coming out. Well, you know, even even more importantly than that, guys, I, I, love, the, uh, I love the ability for the retailers to kind of break out of uh, what they're doing right now. It's, you know, like, like you guys know, nobody knows it better than you, but... Your day to day in the shop, you're thinking and you're you, you know you're looking at what's right in front of you. Every day I'm hustling. That's right. So it's uh it's kind of fun to get you guys out and have you kind of look towards the future and see kind of the direction the companies are going in and kind of uh kind of where you know it, it kind of prods your brain a little bit, pulls you out of the moment, and makes you think mm-hmm. about next year. So yeah, we got we got a bunch of good good stuff coming out for next year. You know we've dealt with a lot of product shortages like anybody in manufacturing has uh, recently. But I seeing some light at the end of the tunnel, and yeah, we got new G three waiters coming out next year. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm excited now, about that new flyweight boot. The the um, yeah flyweight access boot. Yes, yep. that one that one's pretty cool. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the G three. 
waiter, the G3 guide waiter, that that is a product that has been in Sims repertoire for how many years would you say? Long time. Long, Long time. time. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people think, why do you fix something if it ain't broke? Sure. But tell us what's new on the G3 coming. Well, you know, the, the basic premise of, of the waiters, you know, even from the first breathable waiters that Sims built really, really hasn't changed a whole lot. Really what we're keeping up with is the, uh, you know, the advancement of materials with the advancement of new technologies from our partner Gore-Tex. Mm -hmm. And then also um, with the uh, new technology and outer, outer materials that help to protect the Gore-Tex or go over the top of the Gore-Tex. So pretty much, uh, you know, we've always had the fit pretty, pretty good on those waders. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so you can expect the same great fit, but with a few new, uh, few new bells and whistles, but just continuing to make them better as far as breathability, waterproofness and uh, durability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that the durability has never been in question, I think. Um, and if there ever was an issue, Sims is fantastic at fixing that, you know, making it right. Um, what, uh, what else? So, the flyweight access boot. So we've got the flyweight waiter here at the shop, and, and I love it. Fantastic material. Um, very innovative molly webbing system with 511 integrated into it. I think I'm hitting all my asset points there. Yeah, nice job. But um, Regeating for any of there? Yeah. Got to guess no, it at sides. I've actually got chrisartfishing.com in front of me. You got to guess that. it at oh, Gore-Tex. Oh, oh, <laughs> <that, man>. <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. So, um, no, t tell us about the Orvis, uh, Orvis. There we go. Here, let me, let me, let you me know tell why, you about you, the Orvis stuff. You know why that happened? Access. The word access. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, Orvis makes great stuff too. You know, we're, we're, we're good partners. So out there. I do apologize in all, in all seriousness. Uh, flyweight access. Purpose. Tell us about that. Uh, you know, it's, it's a new boot that came out. We're utilizing a new rubber compound on the bottom of it uh, that we partnered with Vibram Soles to make. It's a little bit softer than... I uh, think it's a, a lot, lot of softer. Yeah, it's, like, it, it is okay. very okay. supple. Yeah, like, I want to lay my head on it at night. Yeah, you can do that. I'll bring, <laughs> I'll bring the sample pair over. <laughs> I haven't gotten to wear the boot yet. Really, really excited about it. Yeah. But uh, when you look at it and you look at kind of the idea of what they've done with Flyweight and kind of, you know, re reinventing the waiting boot, so to speak for especially our area around here, the mm -hmm. Appalachians the Smokies. Yeah. I should I've, be a good I've, one. I've put the flyweight boot through the ringer on the tuck on the fly fishing trail, climbing some crazy stuff up in the national park. And I absolutely love it. So I'm really excited when this thing drops in January. Yes. Said. Yep. I, I will. I, I want to be one of the first to, to get a pair and, and, Try them. make it happen, and and that is that is a real testament to the flyweight boot. Just the fact that you guys didn't complain about it at all. No, today. we didn't, did we? <laughs> we didn't say anything about no. it. You guys were like, my shoe flyweight boots all good. Is that a problem? Yeah, flyweight boots all good. And I was like, yeah, if they we had any problem, I mean, if you know, if a if a super small pebble could get into the vent hole on it, I'm sure I would have heard about it. <laughs> what what uh, color is the bottom of the boot? And there's a reason why I'm asking this. Yeah, sure. the uh, the The bottom of the boot is a kind of a tan color. Okay, it's like the tan. color of a little bit of ginger ale and a little bit of. Burp. So, do you remember back in the day the? Uh, I can't think of the name of the shoe. Timberlands. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite like a Timberland. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not going there with it. But there was a uh, almost like a loafer type shoe, and it had that. Spirits? The spirits? No, no. It, this is y'all aren't that old. You said loafer. Well, how old yeah. do you think Chris is? <laughs> I don't know how old Chris is. How old is. are you, Chris? We're about the same age. So it about was 32. a uh, 
Yeah, yeah. 32. Yeah, I'm, four, I'm 47. There you 47. go. Cough button. Yeah, Shane. it was. I ain't got one. <laughs> okay. Oh, my bad. I thought you was wanting me to do something else. You said last week hit the cough button. Uh, I didn't. Uh, anyway, but anyway, past that. Carl but th- th- these a lot of folks will know what I'm talking about. There was a uh, almost like a suede loafer um, that had a had that type of color sole on it, and it was a very soft. It was a very supple bottom. Is real comfortable, and I can just fathom maybe if it's real similar material because it was a grippy. It had really good. Maybe. You wouldn't slip. So, maybe. Gosh, man. So, it's, it's, so I, for all the people out there that don't understand, because a lot of people are going to be like, soft soul, why would you have that? Like, explain why that's important. I mean, we all know. And who but, you partnered with on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they partnered with Vibram. Sorry. The tongues, little, little wood for tongues get a little heavy. Ooh. <laughs> so, so, partnered with, uh, with Vibram, I think. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, essentially came out with a uh, softer compound, yeah. you know, rubber sole that should wrap the rock a little bit more, maybe giving you a little bit more surface area traction on the rock. Yeah. And then the softness also helps to kind of push the, the algae and the moss off the rock and kind of give it a little bit of a cleaning, which increases your traction as well. Yeah. So there you go. For all you people that come in and are like, why are there felt on the bottom of the boots? Felt pretty much acts the same way. It's a soft compound that it gives you better traction because you do get that better surface area well and i think what the vibram does also is it it really mirrors the image of the rock you yeah know, the, the different undulations and, and things so the softer more supple the more supple the material the more it's gonna like you said grip that rock wrap around it and it's, it's gonna be good yeah it's kind of kind of why i pre- prefer soft openings it it, <laughs> uh, it almost it almost um was so soft it looked porous like it, like almost spongy. Ooh. You know what I mean? Okay, that, so it's very similar to where I'm going at with this, and I'll I will find this and throw the name out of what it is, and it I may be a day Are you or still two. talking about the shoe. It's yes, not gum rubber. It's gum rubber. You know about gum rubber? No, I do. It, it's <laughs> but anyway, I, a lot of I think a lot of listeners will understand where I'm going with this uh, that are out there. So you've got the new flyweight boot, but is the old flyweight? And say say old because it's not really old. No, is no. that that boot staying around as well? Oh, yeah, correct? yeah, we're gonna make you buy those too. <laughs> you're gonna want both of them there you go. yeah because you might you know when if you've got the new soft rubber one what are you gonna do when you need the harder rubber one That's you know? it. so why would i need a hard rubber one you just might be in that situation where you're up on a different creek different rocks okay. you know okay. flat rocks so what kind of test do they do when it comes to deciding which one of these soles is going to be best for the markets oh good question that's a good question man that's technical oh man jeez you guys put woodford in me and then expect me to answer these <laughs> so y'all questions. think i'm over wow. here not I, i'm i'm wow. running this and, thing and, through my and mind while here. he's thinking about that we are sipping today on a little bit more of that uh derby edition woodford yeah compliments of the hortons thank you hope you had a great trip out uh like to big sky Montana. country looks, looks like they did uh, yeah. look like the pup had a great time too so yep. big shout out to those guys uh thank you again we're, we're still enjoying this it is fantastic yeah see that if if this was my podcast that we would have had to have another bottle for the second podcast oh Sure. I see you're ready for another round. There. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> We're getting technical. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Shannon, to, to answer your question, you know, really what it all comes down to is the engineers at Vibram and the the product development team at Sims really look at, you know, what what causes things to be grippy and not. And then really, I would say with Sims, you know, sets it apart from a lot of companies is they put, uh, they put these products onto people's feet. And, you know, you guys 
there's a lot of uh, field testers out there that get get these things a yeah. good year or two in advance, and and they'll put you know we've got some guys that'll put 250 days on those things in a 365 day year. So yeah, and they also I remember when we went and you know toured the factory, they have that room in the back where they like put everything through its test paces, like sit there and just bend it and bend it and bend it and bend mm-hmm. it. And bend. They have machines to do that And they go, this stuff. bent, you know, 27,000 times before it cracked. When well, yep, we went through know. there, that dude was sipping coffee and <laughs> reading the Bozeman Chronicle. That's usually what happens. <laughs> yeah. They got the machines to do that now, you know. Oh, man. So that's cool, man. Well, what other, like, highlights do you want to hit on the new products? There's probably maybe one or two other things. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, or a I'm personally, I'm personally really excited about our new pack line. Okay. Uh, you know, we've got some, uh, our new dry Creek packs coming mm-hmm. out, um, for next year have been slightly redesigned, but still enough of the old, uh, the old standby, really good product to keep it exciting. So those are cool. And this fall we've got coming, uh, uh freshen up on a few things, right? Yeah. We got a uh, new free stem pack series yeah. coming out in those, um, Jeez, that fall. ships next month. I think those those August, August. Yeah, yeah that's you that's, guys starting about uh, about August tenth. I would yeah. I would think you'd be able to Sweet. folks out there can run around the fly shops and see free the stones new. are are definitely it's freestone pack right. Yep, freestone sling pack, freestone um, hip pack, mm-hmm. and then a chest pack. We'll, as well. we'll have those here. Uh, definitely Silva, Bryson City, and uh, hopefully have some over in Waynesville. So um, that's exciting. I'm excited to see those. I uh, saw him with you back over the winter, and uh, which, by the way, that road between Waynesville and Brevard is so much more fun in the winter. It, it's it got really a ice is. on you it. Get, yeah, you can get a little sideways on it, but in all honesty, the long range views with the leaves off are fantastic. Yeah, yeah so it's a beautiful road. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, really excited about that stuff coming out. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about your experience in the industry, where you've been, and maybe where it's going. So this might take about twenty minutes. Yeah, let's talk about the I industry can, trends. I can condense it. You know, you know, I'd, so basically, you know, everybody's seen the issues that everybody's had with, uh, with you know, delivery of product into stores and yeah. stores having a hard time. Manufacturers, I, I feel equally as bad for the manufacturers as yeah. I do the uh, stores because it's it's on all levels. And no of, matter where you're listening to this, your shop near you has, has been impacted and is you're seeing results of this. So. Yeah, so go in there and just try and buy what they do have. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, three or four items that say yeah, Sims. Just, just buy it, well, no, just, just, you know, keep, let's, let's keep our local fly shops healthy. You that's know, right. Whether you're, whether you're down there in Atlanta or, or, you know, you're in Charlotte, wherever you're at, keep your local shop happy. And then when you go travel somewhere, keep those guys healthy too. Absolutely. But, uh, for the most part, I think that, um, you know, really the, the industry, there's a lot of light at the end of the tunnel right now. Things are going good. Um, people are catching up. Things have normalized. We're just dealing with the hangover from basically everybody. Uh, you know, a lot of the factories overseas had to shut down. And still a huge thing, you know, in the, in this day and age is just being able to find people to work to uh, to get this stuff put back together. Yeah. And, and one think, thing about Sims is the Gore-Tex line is still manufactured in Bozeman. Absolutely. Yep. Right in Bozeman at the factory. And they were making, during the pandemic, what they switch over to? Uh, they were making... Uh, Geez, I th- it's PPE stuff. I think yeah, that some type per- of like medical bib or something. Wasn't personal it? personal protective equipment. Mm-hmm. We were making. Um, Sims was making a medical gown. Wow! Out of Gore Tex with uh, material that I believe. And geez, I hate being on these things because I always feel like I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth and say the wrong thing. But hmm. I believe Gore Tex donated a whole bunch of material. Okay. 
and then Sims um, did the uh, did the PPE with mm-hmm. them and gave it uh, basically provided the uh, people at the Bozeman Deaconess Hospital there in Bozeman, and um, I believe that they sold some throughout the uh, the three state area up there. Yeah, in in the Northern Rockies. Bobby's wife was actually wearing some Sims waiters PPE, doing some hospitaly stuff. Really? During the pandemic. Yeah, man. They were standing in the rain taking temperatures or something. Yeah, she, you know, with everything being crazy with the who could work and who couldn't and all that, because she works at a hospital, she got put outside check, taking temperatures at construction sites. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, when it was pouring rain, she put on waders. I was like, I got waders you can wear. You stay dry. Waders in a rain jacket. That's perfect. So, yeah. They, were they, came in they were Sims waders? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Advertising all the time. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Had to get that casino built. <laughs> Still building. That's what it was for. It was yeah. for the casino. They were building yeah, the, build the addition, the new tower. Still building. So, yeah, it's you, you know the I would I would say the with with kind of the fly fishing industry right now, the most exciting thing for me is how many new people we have coming into the mm. sport. It's uh it's been really fun to watch people getting excited about it, and you know I'm hoping that in the future that's going to help protect these resources that we all depend on. So you were in the sport when a river runs through it came out, correct? You know, actually, uh, yeah, I, th- that's kind of a funny story. A ri- I, I went to see, I went to college in Bozeman, Montana, starting in 1992, and a river runs through it came out, I believe, late '92 or early '93. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually went to the movie theater in downtown Bozeman at the, uh, I believe it's called the Ellen Theater down there. And uh, I was living in Bozeman at the time, going to college at Montana State University. And I went there with a girlfriend, and we watched a movie, and it was great. And I was like, wow, that's awesome, but I really like this girl. And then she dumped me a couple <laughs> weeks later, and I was like, oh, man, that hurt. So uh, so actually, my brother-in-law was caretaking a place in Livingston uh, called the Jumpin' Rainbow Ranch out basically uh-huh. right on the bottom of uh, of Nelson Spring Creek. And he was living out there, and we had a couple trout ponds and a bunch of river frontage on the Yellowstone. So I was actually living with him for a while there in college. And uh, he I started getting into fishing because I kind of had a broken heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically started fishing. The next year, I, I got a job at Montana Trout Fitters, which was an Orva store at the time okay. in Bozeman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, finished, uh, finished my college career guiding, uh, running the shop, and then eventually went to work for the Firehole Ranch in West Yellowstone. And That's awesome. I didn't realize that. So river runs through it, kind of spraying yeah, everything yeah. into action. Oh, no, it sounds like the girl My, dumping him sprung everything. Yeah, well, well, but he had I to think take the girl her to the dumped movie. me. I think she, I think she dumped me because of Brad Pitt in that movie. So <laughs> I think I've been ever since. He then. looks better floating down that river than you. He, he sure does. Well, he doesn't float quite as high as I do, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so you know a lot of lot of lot of tradition for me in fly fishing in Montana, and uh, you know then I went to uh, work right when I graduated from college. A uh, personal friend of mine was the sales manager at Winston Fly Rods, mm-hmm. and I started working at the Winston factory in the repair department and the customer oh, wow. service department right out of college. What year was that? That would have been uh, ninety six, ninety seven. So for everybody that got your rod back that was repaired, it was Chris's fault that it wasn't yeah. repaired correctly. Possibly. Well, I can I can tell you I repaired them pretty good. Yeah, but, uh, little yeah. extra epoxy here and there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this won't come apart. This it thing's was... been back three times. I'm with an extra layer. That's right. That's right. Or you know, yeah. We we had a lot. It, it was a really cool job. I, I out of all the jobs I've ever had, I probably enjoyed repair department. Did Winston you get to know else. like? Like orders, like oh, Frank broke this damn rod again. 
Like, did you get to no, know people's rods? No, it was. It, I mean, some of them. You know what you really got to know was it, it, at that point in time, back in uh in in the past at Winston, there was a lot of custom stuff going on okay. with rods. So we'd have a lot of people send a rod back in and have us cut the grip off of it and pound new cork rings down onto it and glue them down and then lathe turn them. You know, mm-hmm. they'd send yeah. a blueprint of their hand in and we'd try and. Oh my make, gosh! Yeah, what? I mean, there, there's some pretty crazy. Like some Doctor Scholes for your hands. Yeah, it's like those boots that you buy. A lot of the the um, woodland firefighters buy them, where they have to like get a copy of their foot sent in and put it in the mold, and they like custom build them. Yeah. I forget the name of those boots. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, that was oh. good. Oh, oh, that's oh. perfect, man. That sounded just like the intro. <laughs> that was great. A little squeaky cork, I like it. Yeah. So, uh, so that was uh, that was kind of my foray into the into the fly fishing business, and then uh, opened up a independent rep firm from there and was one of the first independent reps that winston ever had and okay carried a bunch of other products like uh ross reels and back in those days spirit river fly tie materials mm-hmm. they're still around well i don't I, you know gosh, i don't know hairline on actually, hairline hairline on the actually you know they sent a uh um what's well, nature's spirit what i'm thinking about not spirit yeah. river yeah spirit yeah. river's not around that's right who bought them out hairline was hairline? hairline was a hair yeah. you know hairline you know to, uh, that that makes me happy I, I unfortunately i've you know the last six years prior to me coming back into the rep gig i i kind of kind of bowed out of the fly fishing business for a little while and wasn't really paying attention but good old bill black who owned uh owned spirit river is a uh good friend of mine really okay. good guy over the years so hopefully he's sitting on a Island with hopefully he cashed out with a squirmy and exactly hopefully he's sipping on a, some margaritas in a Mexican beach or something absolutely that's cool so yeah um so so you, you got into repping and then got out it sounds like and your territory for then was what well, I, I started as a sales rep in house with with Winston so I I I kind of have a uh, so it was like a three hundred mile radius. <laughs> <laughs> it was way bigger than that. Okay. Way bigger than that. So when I was in house with Winston, I did California, Arizona, Nevada, oh, wow. Washington, Oregon, Alaska, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming. Ballpark. How many shops in what year? Nineteen ninety six. That would have been. Now that was about. We're we're approaching ninety seven in the ninety seven. How many shops would that have covered? Not as many as you'd think, because that, you that's know, what I'm getting at. You take you take high end fly shops, and you know, in California, there were probably I don't know there was maybe seven or eight good ones, you know, really good stores in California that could, could actually, you know, require a visit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Nevada was a few, Yeah, you know, I think the Reno fly shop was one back in the day. And, um, you know, so, and then, you know, but that was back in the day of kind of the mega powerhouses on the Western mm-hmm. side, like uh Kaufman Streamborn, uh, Bob mm-hmm. Marriott's supply shop and ready. And some of those, mm-hmm. you know, some of those large, uh, large west coast shops that were really cool back in the day so today what do you think that's double triple i would say it's probably less than it was back then in the really in that territory yeah i think you know fly fishing's kind of in my experience kind of gone through a little bit of a shift i think that there's probably more maybe conventional stores that have a fly fishing department in them now than than maybe back in those days Hmm. but uh interesting you, you know, I, but I probably shouldn't say that because I don't know for sure, but yeah, no, no, no. I mean, totally just spitballing here. Yeah. I, you know, but when I look at it, I, and I, and I go, it, do, it doesn't seem to me like there's a lot more fly shops. It kind of, it seems to me like it kind of has a way of governing itself, mm-hmm. the business, you know, it's a, it's, it's a limited business as far as the amount of good stores and the amount of places that need stores. Right. And now, especially with, you know, the online thing with people being able to buy online, you know, there's, 
just you know the little fly shop that maybe was in a town where you could never get anything before you could buy online flyshopusa.com thanks yeah. folks <laughs> that that store might not be around anymore right but, um yeah but that you know the stores the stores that are out there now like you guys and you know a whole bunch of them down mm-hmm. here in the southeast and all across the country have you know kind of moved with the industry and, and gotten with either providing awesome service and you yeah. know having a, a store where people trust what you say right and also possibly having a uh, you know an online presence, which yeah. I've got a lot of stores that do both those pretty yeah. well. So um, yeah, it's I would say the industry is really healthy right now, and uh, we got a bunch of new people coming into it. So no, that, that, that's exactly right. So we had the how would you compare from your industry knowledge because you you obviously River runs through it was sort of a catalyst here for you, but um, River runs through it to COVID nineteen in terms of impact of industry. Uh, you know, that's, that's hard to say because one of them was a real feel good thing, you know, okay. um, yeah. you know, river, river, point. river runs through it was, was about you know, Tom Skerritt, you know, old paw out there, you know, with the, with the boys and the guy getting sunburned out in the weeds and all that. You guys remember Buster that part? wants the fish. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Yeah, don't I, you, you remember know, that? I, I Buster gotta, wants the I, fish. I got to tell you guys that's a doozy. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> That's, that's right. awesome. That's it. But uh, you know, back in the day, actually, you, you know, every do you, do you guys have any guys that come in and hang around the fly shop? Yeah, oh, yeah. like you, you've got like you got the loafers. You've got you've got yeah. that one customer that comes in and like maybe every six weeks he buys like a spool of tippet or something that's like okay. that. Or yeah, that's right. no, those yeah. guys are awesome. That's but what I was going to tell you is when I worked at Troutfitters back in the day in Bozeman, there was a guy named Phil Braun. He was a uh, retired high school football coach from New Jersey. He moved to Bozeman, and he was kind of our shop dude that came in there and drank coffee and hung out with us and he was awesome he had great stories but he ended up being they cast him to be the uh poker dealer in the back okay yeah yeah in the movie river on syrup so he was an extra and he was the one he actually had a talking line in that where he said you know uh brad pitt went in there to play cards yes dealer looks at him and says yeah not tonight paulie yeah that that was uh that was a close friend of mine phil braun wow god rest his soul he's uh he's he was a little bit older when i hung out with him back when i was in college so yeah, he's been passed away for a while now, but cool guy. Interesting. So, so yeah, I mean, people people got into fly fishing in the last sixteen months because life sucked and there was nothing else to do. Yeah, or 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 life was great. Every day, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. me, you I know, mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's the glass half full, hey, half I, empty. A- absolutely. You know, they, and, and I don't mean that in a funny way because there are a lot of people that you know. There's a lot they're, of death. They're yeah. well, not just the death, but just people. You know, people's people's lives being up in the air, not knowing uh, where they're. Yeah, the you know, uncertainty. Working <laughs> with their jobs, with all that stuff. It was it was really rough. But you know, I, I in in a way, I think you know, fly fishing really showed its hand is is a is a therapy in a way, or mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say fly fishing. Cause that's pretty, pretty mono mono just outdoor monocular of us. Yes. Outdoor activities, getting out, whether it's you're outdoor in a, lifestyle, whether you're in a kayak, whether you're going hiking, you know, yeah. I, I took my family over to Brevard last, last uh, fall break during COVID. We have a friend that has a house over there that invited us. And uh, we went over there and, you know, we tried to go hiking at one of the falls and we couldn't even get our car in oh, the parking yeah. place. I mean, it was yeah. insane. I'd never seen anything like it. So, uh, you know, but point being that the outdoors were really a therapeutic place for people to be and they felt safe. It was a right. place you could feel safe. And it was a place where a lot of people rekindled some, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of that, uh, you know, when, uh, it, I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing, but you think about it like, uh, you kind of wonder what, were people, you know, kind of 
getting a little bit more into that hunting gathering mentality like yeah thing things yeah are i mean we, we had sketchy some, we like, had some people here here buying hooks and fly tying stuff like you could tell they were totally prepping yeah oh yeah prepping. buying buying a lot of hooks and fly yeah. like yeah yeah they're they're and not, we're like crap we're out i don't know if we can get those again that's <laughs> right and, you know the end of the world happens there's probably not gonna be any game wardens out there right no well there wasn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was April and people were putting fish and coolers on the tuck like oh, crazy. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. You got that whole thing too. But, um, you know, really, I, you were asking about the difference between COVID and, and River Runs Through It really, really made fly fishing glamorous. You yeah. know, well, I mean, you got Brad Pitt, Tom Skerritt, you know, I mean, how can it yeah. not be glamorous? Right. 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 And, uh, and then, you know, Montana in that. I mean, that, that movie, in my opinion, from living in Montana at that point in time, that movie also introduced not only a lot of people to fly fishing, but it introduced a lot of people to Montana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was a big boom for them. Just yeah. People wanting to go check it out, see, see the area and everything. Absolutely. So, you know, they had some beautiful footage in it. It's yeah. crazy. That movie was shot all over Montana. Yeah. Part of, you know, it was supposed to, the movie or the storyline took place on the Bitterroot, but a lot of it was filmed on the Gallatin. A lot of it was filmed on the Yellowstone river. Some yeah. on the, some on the Western side of the divide. Kind of like that show Yellowstone. Everybody's probably wanting to go see that ranch that's technically in Idaho oh, yeah. yep, that they're filming at. <laughs> you watch that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what? my wife, my wife and I, you know, we're addicted to it because it's trash. We love trash. <laughs> you know. So is that really the Bozeman lifestyle where everybody's Oh, yeah, man. I mean, everybody's got, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we're we shooting, you know, it's still. still Blowing up law offices? Cowboys and Native Americans up there, you know. Everybody's still kind of like that. <laughs> so. So you you mentioned you got out of the rep rep in agencies for for a little while. What what did you do then? I sold my rep agency in geez, I guess it was two thousand and uh, what year is it? Twenty one. So I, I guess I sold it five years ago, six years ago to my partner. He still owns it. Still got uh both of our names on the uh, on the headlining sign. Still. Okay. It's called Hart Montgomery Outdoor Sales. Okay. And uh, yeah, they they're still they do Costa sunglasses for the outdoor industry out there and. Mm-hmm. Um, bunch of other really good products. in the northern rockies ross reels yeah we yeah. had done we had repped up there uh scientific anglers for years mm-hmm. st croix rods we we used to do a whole bunch of stuff gotcha. so when i left i uh i i kind of had it was my midlife crisis and mm-hmm. her name was nitro z9 it was a bass boat <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know you can you can only marinate yourself in in tweed and uh tweed and oil cotton long enough to finally just want to get a big old motor and go screaming across a body of water right. once in a while so kind of went back to my roots i grew up for a really formidable time of my life in the uh, smokies here mm-hmm. so uh you know my my wife and i decided when i decided on a, a career in tournament bass fishing that i was going to uh move back to tennessee with my family so we did we moved uh to the nashville area how'd that conversation go with your wife when you came home and said hey i want a tournament bass fish for a living (laughs) she said you can make money doing that and i said i think so (laughs) (laughs) and then i then i uh, that conversation wasn't wasn't as interesting as after i'd done it for five years and not made money that was a much (laughs) that was a much more interesting conversation when did it become at what point did it become that boat did you ever have the that boat moment? No, no. When I started, you know, I was living in Montana. That's when she says, that boat is costing us a lot of money. Yeah, no, it, w- it was never really that. It was like more that that husband that doesn't have a job is costing <laughs> us a lot of money. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I, 
I've, you know, in, in my own defense, I've never worked so hard at anything in my life. I mean, okay. getting up in the morning, prepping for tournaments, driving to the next one, going out there, practicing, you're all alone on the boat all day long, burning lots of fuel, second guessing yourself the whole time. I mean, it's a brutal world. It's, yeah. it's yeah. extremely, extremely addicting, but you know, it really, it really gave me an appreciation for the fact that fly fishing anglers are not the only good anglers out there. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, in a lot of different facets of fishing, there's incredible anglers. It was always funny on the bass circuit because the guys would be like, Oh, what have you been doing for the last 20 years? I was like, I work in the fly fishing industry. And they kind of look at me like I was, you know, like, <laughs> like I was not right, you know? And I was like, you guys know fly fishing. It's really cool. And they'd be like, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you, <laughs> But, but you know, those, that hierarchy in the bass yeah. fishing world, there's also that hierarchy between casting rods and spin rods too. You know, like for instance, a lot of my Texas buddies that, are, that were power fishermen on the Bassmaster circuit, those guys, if they saw you fishing like a, you know, for, in conventional terms, you fish a drop shot, there's finesse ways to try and get bites when the bites are hard to get. Mm -hmm. And they usually involve a spinning rod and light line. And, uh, you know, if God forbid somebody drives by the boat and sees you standing on the front of your boat and practice with a spinning rod, you're going to take a ration when you get back to the campground at night. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a hierarchy of, of, of even guys in, in Within. the conventional world too, you know, it's kind of, yeah. So it's, it's not just the fly guys. And I, I think what, what the bass world really taught me and what, what it led me to appreciate was the fact that fly fishing is a type of fishing that you do. And some yeah. people say, Hey, I'm a fly fisherman. And that's awesome. And, uh, you know, you can learn so much by, by picking up the conventional rod once in a while about fishing the different water columns, Absolutely. And different depths and really fishing on the bottom. Right. Right. Things like that. So it was an eye opening experience. Definitely. When I came back into the, uh, you know, into the fly fishing world, which I, I still conventional bass fish a bunch and, uh, love that part. And I'll still go out with old Shannon mess here and once in a while and hit the, uh, blue liners or. Get be stung. Try not to get stung. Yeah. Get be stung. Get be stung. That's yep. right. Or uh, or you know go strip big streamers on yeah. on the Etowah in Georgia or something for big stripers. I I, I want to do it. that. Holy cow! I want to do that. It's I was just over there with uh with Andy Bowen. If mm -hmm. you guys know him, yep. yeah, Kohada Company, and um you know we we actually went down on the lower river for a while and it was pretty muddy. They got in a bunch of rain. Then we went to the upper river and and you know, put in above the Creek mm -hmm. where that was making the river pretty muddy and mm -hmm. so cool seeing though. I mean, even we didn't really get any eats on fly that day or really any eats on conventional either. It was just a tough day out mm -hmm. there, but it's so cool to see those, you know, 15, 12, 15 pound fish follow your fly, yeah. or, you know, all the way right. to the boat. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what else you got? I mean, I got chrishartfishing.com pulled up. There's a lot of good stuff. That has not been updated in a while. Hmm. So what's your uh, – we're going to go back to fly fishing only. Sure. All right. What's your uh, favorite place you've ever fished? Oh, that's a hard one, With man. With a fly rod. Yeah, I've fished so many awesome places in my life. I mean, I really – I've been to, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of the, the obvious ones would be the Smokies. Messer I Branch. Absolutely. Really? I – I you like just that small blue line kind of. There's something. There's something tight really quarters. Something really cool to me about standing eye level with the pool that you're fishing above yeah. you, yeah, and like looking at the fly from the perspective of the yeah. fish. I like that. But yeah. I mean, I've fished. You know, I've been a fly junkie for the better part of 30 years now, and uh, you know, I've fished Kamchatka. I've fished uh, Argentina. 
down at Patagonia River Guides, a bunch of good dudes, buddies of mine down there. Really fished all over the world, you know, uh, even in the salt. So I, I feel very fortunate. It's really hard to put a favorite yeah. on one. You know? favorite. What's the favorite species, maybe? Uh, or a fly rod. Uh, you know, I, 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 that you've called, obviously. I, I actually, yellow dog fly fishing took me down on an exploratory trip to Cuba largemouth fishing about two years ago. Really? I went with Jim Klug, the owner of yellow yeah. dog. They and have with, bass in Cuba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just peacock bass. Oh, no. No. No yeah. kidding. So actually. I not ever think about. Well, it's probably a little mountainous, too, I'm sure. No, not where I was. Yeah. It was Bay of Pigs-ish. Okay. We were down by the Bay of no Pigs. No kidding. Yeah, it was cool. But uh, I, so I actually went down there with Jim Klug, the owner of Yellow Dog, yep, one yep. of the owners. And uh, I went with Tom Bai, mm-hmm. uh, the the Drake guy, you know. Yeah. And uh, and we went down there, and we literally flew into Havana and caught a uh, taxi ride down to the, was towards it a the Bay of Pigs. Beagle? I don't even remember what kind of car it was. 68 Chevy? I think it was like a 50, I think it was like a 55 Chevy or something that burn, was burning a lot of oil. <laughs> you know, but but it was one of the craziest trips. I'd, I'd never been to Cuba before. And I still, I, that's oh, the man. only time I've ever to been go. to Cuba. And I, I hadn't, I didn't fly fish as much there, mm-hmm. except we did tarpon fish one day. But basically when we went down there and there's a large mouse, now, Woodford tongue again. Woodford. <laughs> There's a uh, largemouth bass fishery down there that actually was Fidel Castro's old compound. Okay. And uh, I can't remember the name of it. Klug, you probably kill me if you hear this, but uh, it was basically Fidel Castro's old fishing compound. Okay. And it was a natural, natural lake, but it had been dammed. And uh, essentially, yeah, you can look it up. I'm, I'm going sure. right now. Go, go to Google Earth down by the Bay of Pigs, and it'll it'll give you the name of it. So it, it was crazy because I guess from what I understand is Castro had some kind of a, uh, a real, real, uh, infatuation with like Tahiti. Yeah. And so like the lodge part of this place, he had this big round, you know, like the lakes down in Florida, which really don't have a whole lot of contour or bays really to them. A lot of them are just kind of like shallow bowls. Yeah. And so this lake was like that. And then he had dug a dike system, you know, kind of going back in to a bunch of, thatch roof huts and then you had this like great big brazilian hardwood lodge tahiti style back in there but this was after fidel had died and so they had actually turned it into a national park i believe but uh you still have to have permission i think to fish it which we got but it was really it was a really cool you have to have permission to say the word fish i think you have to have permission <laughs> to do anything in cuba yeah <laughs> there's a lot going on there right now i would not want to be in that country at the moment as they are protesting their lack of freedoms and lack of food and lack of medicine. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually thought about So they're doing a lot of protesting. They're out of food. They're out of medicine. And, you know, it's, 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 there's been some protests. And obviously, those people will be probably punished severely. But um, I actually thought about, wow, what if there's people down there right now on these fishing adventures that are in that, yeah. That get mix. in there vis-a-vis education to fish and they're, they could possibly be stuck down there through this. Like, that's kind of a scary situation. Yeah, they're only a cigarette boat ride away from the Key West, well, so they should be fine. that's what's so sad about it, is 90 miles away in Key West, there's everything. Yeah. And then... Boy, you got that right. There's everything <laughs> in Key West. <laughs> so, on your adventures, what's the, let's say, the the most dangerous or threatening animal encounter you've had? Oh, uh, you know, probably, probably I can. Those that, armadillos? That, no, that that one's that one's really easy. Again, again I was with uh, my buddies from Yellow Dog, and uh, we were down at uh, or I was in Kamchatka, and 
there were, they had a bear dog there and the bear dog was an old bear dog, not a, uh, <laughs> not a, not a young spry one that had great hearing. And we had, you know, that evening we had proceeded to carry on doing what Russians do, which was drink vodka. I was about to say drink vodka. We were drinking vodka and eating salmon for like the 95th day, actually like the seventh day in a row. And I, I had, I'd kind of gotten tired of the fish. So I'd probably had a little too much vodka that evening. And I was up by the fireplace and you know, when you're around the fire and you're listening to music and you're out in the middle of the wilderness, even if you're in Russia, it feels like you're in, you know, Alaska <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, and I went stumbling away from the fire to, uh, to go to the bathroom and I accidentally stepped on this old bear, this old deaf bear dog. And she, uh, she turned around and took a chunk out of my Achilles tendon. Oh, oh no. And, yeah. And so here I am, you know, 400 miles out away from, uh, from the nearest city in Russia with no transportation or anything. And I've got a dog bite on my Achilles tendon and vodka. And that is when, you know, there's a reason that you, that, that if you're going to go traveling somewhere, you go with like guys that do it for a living, like the yellow dog guys or, you know, your shop that, yeah, that does, you know, know what that to do when there's a medical yeah. emergency. Ian Davis, the other owner, West. the the other owner, yellow dog, you know, he, of course he had like, you know, the most powerful antibiotics in the world. So started a course of those, you know, Quit drinking vodka for a couple hours and we were good. Like so, it was a bear dog. That was your <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, old, old yeller yeah. was hungry. What's the name of it? Laguna Delta. Soro? That's it. Yes, sir. If you zoom in there, you can see the little thatched roofs and stuff and the little the canal there. I see a lot of burned out stuff. Wow. Mm. <laughs> actually, don't maybe see it's any. not in existence. I don't anymore. see any houses. But I'll actually. tell you, the, one of the craziest thing, <laughs> things down there when when we were fishing was. We came around the corner and we had a, we actually had some fishing guides that were fly guys that, that guide a little bit on that Laguna del Tesoro mm -hmm. in the spring. But I was there midsummer and they're like, oh, you can't catch bass midsummer. And I was like, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so, you know, to old Tom by from the Drake was, you know, he had his little, uh, he had his Dahlberg diver and he was with one of the guides and I was with Klug and we were with another guy and I gave Klug a spinning rod and he looked at me, he's like, what am I going to do with this? I was like, just watch, I'll show you. And, uh, we went and we, we had a great time fishing. You know, you go to Cuba, the place is hardly ever fished. You'd think it would just be amazing, but it was just like any other bass fishing that I've ever experienced, which is bass, yeah. bass make you work for it. They're, they're, they're big and fat and lazy for a reason. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta really figure them out if you want to catch the big ones so we had wow. a lot of fun but there was a uh long story short there were there were dudes down there with uh two by fours on top of truck inner tubes and they're out there doing the uh doing the homemade float tube thing i mean what make it oh, work yeah. they would they were out there and they but i mean they like every fish, doing a test run or <laughs> no no they were they were out there kicking around they didn't have fins or anything they were just out there wow. kicking around and and doing uh they were fishing <laughs> Shit, it knows where i was going with that i do the, well, test, run. the test run yeah <laughs> we, we, we all picked up on we, that. we picked some up <laughs> you did yeah we did when you were on the carrier yeah we did we left lauderdale we had just left lauderdale the first time i'd ever been there and we're this episode's on. navy story brought but, to you by fly shop but, but it flows right into what you're talking about and kind of what you talked about people not having food and things like yeah. that we we had left lauderdale and we were hammering down pretty good and all of a sudden this the ship you could just feel it like what's going on here we make this turn and there was two haitians who had truck tire inner tubes tied together mm. and they were paddling um so our um diver they went out and they got them and they they take their knife and they destroyed the vessel and brought them on but but if you look uh you think we, those guys were freaked out when they saw a u.s 
uh, aircraft carrier like pulling up beside. It was like, even better because we all went to look. So what happened was the ship just does not stop on a dime, right? So we're slowing down and making this turn, and and they thought that we were leaving them. And the dude just kind of like chunked his thing and was going, yeah, yeah, you know, like this, you know. But, but they, yeah, they they flew him back. They take him to medical, and then they flew him back, and then they uh, did what they had to do with them yeah. there. But uh, you talk about that test run, man. No doubt, uh, those people are willing to try that. I, they look like they're pretty good with an inner tube and a two by four. I'll tell I you think that. there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, I have never man. thought about bass fishing and bass Cuba. fishing, even anywhere Caribbean. Yeah, like even in Belize. I mean, we went to Belize. I didn't. It, bass never crossed my mind. Yeah. I always think of peacock bass. Yeah. Well, right. But yeah. there's a lot of different bass species, too. I mean, we think of largemouth, smallmouth, red eye, things like that. But there are so many bass species in this world. Yeah, it's the, there's there's two main largemouth species in the U.S., which is the F1 fish from Florida, Florida mm-hmm. strain largemouth. There's northern strain largemouth. Florida strain largemouth get substantially bigger than the northern strain largemouth. Mm. Um so, like, when you hear the guys catching double-digit fish, the 10, 10 11, 12-pounders, mm-hmm. that's usually Florida. Very, very, very rare to see a northern fish get up that big. I gotcha. But uh, so that's that's what they have essentially in Cuba is exactly the same strain of bass they have in Florida. So they're largemouth. They're like Florida strain large. Well, Cuban strain largemouth. <laughs> Cubano. What, uh, what, you know, what size fish were you getting? Well, it was, it was funny because, you know, we went down there and I, I, I see this place and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to, there's grass there. Like we're going to punch jigs into grass, catch them that way. Couldn't catch them doing that. You know, the, the one, the one day. These fish don't know English. They'll never hear me coming. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> the one, the one bait for bass that, you know, when the, when the going gets tough, you throw a weightless Senko, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ended up having to throw a weightless Senko in Cuba at the most amazing bass fishing place I've ever been to. And the first fish I caught was nine pounds. Oh, way. It's like yeah. throwing the squirmy. Yeah. Like saying, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, let's throw the squirmy, boys. Yeah. Yeah. You See go, what happens. You know, somebody tells you, oh, you're going to go to Alaska tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. You're going to fish a river that hasn't been fished in. 27 years and it's going to be you know fish are going to be stupid they're going to be eating the shoelaces off your boots and you go out there and can't catch them on anything except the squirmy squirmy yeah same deal mop fly <laughs> you know that's it man that's awesome so what's what's the uh the best advice you could give somebody being that we do have all these new people coming in the sport like what's some good advice you could give them just getting in like hey they just started fishing in the last couple months you know, I, I've I've actually got the perfect piece of advice for somebody, whether you're learning to fly fish or fish in general, and that is enjoy the process. Mm, that's a good good point. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of people that get out there and, and you know, they're in this YouTube, Instagram, yeah. you know, whatever world of the grip and grin. Look, I caught Instant another gratification. Look, I caught another twenty inch fish, you yeah. know, the the whole grip and grin thing. They're, they're, whether you're talking about bass fishing or you're talking about fly fishing or streamer fishing or dry fly fishing, whatever you're doing, there's a process to really to, to doing it, and that that is the journey. Too many people look at the end result or whether they're going to get that fish picture for their Instagram account rather than looking at looking at what you're experiencing on the water and enjoying yeah. that. You know, that's that's my perspective on it. No, it's a good perspective. I mean, I feel that way just going somewhere to fish. It's like the preparation, the planning. The packing, oh, I need to buy this certain piece of gear. Like, all that's that entire experience. It's not just catching the fish. It's like the entire process of getting there. Um, so, no, that's awesome advice. Yeah. Is, it, is be patient with it. Yeah, you, you know, I – and what brings me to that whole thing is when I was fishing on the circuit, you know, I, I was I was under a lot of pressure because I'm spending money out there fishing, trying to make money, like kind of like being a pro golfer, 
And, uh, you know, I, I look back on it now and I was fishing 250 days a year on my bass boat by myself, getting ready for these tournaments. And I don't miss the tournaments. I don't, I miss the competition part of it a little bit, but really what I miss more than anything was the going out there by myself and being on the boat and trying to figure it out. And I realized that, you know, when I look back on it, I was in such a frantic yeah. state of mind to try and figure it out you and to try and make it all work that I wasn't able to really sit back and, you know, I probably would have done a lot better too. But yeah, kind of like Ohante in the home run derby, man, trying to force it. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. Him too. Well, I also learned a lot of that stuff from, you know, I, 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 some, it tuck fly shop here. Some of the guys here do take me fishing once in a while. So maybe like Shannon. Thanks, Shannon. Hey man, no problem. I had a great, I had a great <laughs> and Jack day. and Jack. Sorry. Great day. Yeah. yeah. Jack, Jack, Jack's yeah. Uh, no oh, longer yeah. with us. They yeah. both stepped Not, around that. He didn't die. <laughs> we, didn't die we, we both dodged the business somehow. That, that's right. That was a funny day. You know, I'll never forget <laughs> that. Yeah. A lot of fish that day. Uh, well, Shannon, yeah. I have the notion to use the restroom. So that means it's time for the fishing report. Okay. There you go. Fishing report. There it is. If you're driving, find the nearest rest stop. That's right. This fishing report is brought to you by Norvice. They sponsor everything. Ty, better flies. Efficient. Faster as well. (laughs) And faster. That's right. So, um, man, fished a blue line in South Central J.A., yeah, man. South Central Jackson County. Said J.A. And, uh, J.A.? J.A.? Does that work that way? I, I don't know. I just made that up because it rounds with L.A. So. Oh, lower Alabama. Yeah. But South Central, the water temp at just under 3,000 feet was 52 degrees, and that was stellar. I mean, yeah, that's it, fantastic man, this time of year. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and that's brought to you by popcorn thunderstorms and cooler lows at night. So um, fishing was fantastic and perfect setup for – that water tip you have bluing olives right uh rising in the morning fish responded to them and guess what i was fishing chubby chernobyl <laughs> lighted it up. it's summer man light it up man. it's, it's nine o'clock in the morning there's blue wings rising fish are sipping i'm throwing a chubby protein lighting it up protein boys. protein so um had, had a nymph on as a dropper a little mini mop fly as a dropper. And oh, they, you're cheating, huh? No, no, it's it's, it's like a little caddis pupa, it's, it's, a little soft oh, tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cupid. it's sexy. Um, <laughs> they didn't want nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm so sexy. They were eating the Chernobyl. So um, it was it was. What color amazing. was the Chernobyl? Uh, the royal. Royal. That's a good I, one. I find this time of year the like, the oh, royal yeah. the royal wolves. Yeah. Maybe we'll sell two or three. I don't know. Uh, maybe but, four or five. I I may have already tied our I, you know it's, supply. It's, it's up for debate. <laughs> but something about the royal works. <laughs> So something it's about always the royal been works stellar. in this time of year. Yes, and you got the Montana, same thing. August, yeah. August, Royal Wolf, Royal Coachman of Montana is fantastic. Right. Absolutely. So sun comes out, 10, 11 o'clock, sulfur start, right? Sulfur's going off, mm-hmm. and then yellow sallies yeah. all over the place. Fish rising. It was it was a lot of fun. So, you know, we're obviously the terrestrials are the game to play right now because you can um, throw those big mayflies. We're still seeing some drakes. Yeah. In, in some of these elevations, and right. depending on the sedimentation, we're still seeing drakes, those yellow drakes. We typically see those top out in May, lower elevations, but we're seeing them still in the summer in the southern Appalachian. So yeah. get out there, folks. It's a great time. Uh, your bourbon tip of the week, I just learned to love Kentucky mules. So is that a saddle? Mule. Montana mule. You know, oh, a drink. I, I thought that's you, Montana mule. Yeah. That, you walk yeah. into a bar in the south, and that's for a Montana mule. <laughs> 
At least they did at the Grove Park that night. Like, oh, you mean Kentucky Mule? Oh, sure. I, I just want to get a drink and watch the sunset. Oh, I want a saddle mule. But <laughs> what I did find out here, here's your pro tip. Okay, okay. this right. this might be your guide tip of the week. Sorry, Bobby, but the Tuck Fly Shop Campfire Coffee Mug doubles as a great mug if you don't have the copper for the Kentucky or Montana Mule. So, a little bit of bourbon, a little bit of ginger beer, a lime, and about 45 minutes later, you're right. Mm. (laughs) And your wife's driving home. Do you like like mules? Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) My wife does not like them, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Do you want to know the most crazy, or the crazy thing about the mule was, you know, for those of you real history buffs, you all can call me up or blackmail me or whatever you're going to do for saying this, but... So the, there's a bar called the Wise River Bar in Montana, and they have made the Moscow Mule there for like 25 years. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the age-old story is that the copper mugs came from the copper mine in Butte originally. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. And the age-old story is that the Irish miners and the Russians used to basically drink those together to get along. That was the age-old story no of way. the original Moscow Mule. But the first time I ever drank one was, I'm sorry, Wise River Club is what it's called. And uh, that was the first time I ever drank one. And uh, it, I mean, it was it probably dirt. 25 years ago. No kidding. And, and so, you know, that's really, so when all this, so the original ginger beer for the, uh, for the Moscow Mule was originally, and you can still find it, you can order it online. Actually, I believe that Publix carries it. It's called Cock and Bull. Yeah. Like a rooster in a, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In a bull. Yeah. And that's the original ginger beer that they made the Moscow mules out of. Wow. So it was Stoli vodka originally with, with the cock and bull in a copper mug. And that was the Moscow mule. And then of yes. course for the Montana or Kentucky, of it's course, some whiskey well, I, think, I think that all, I think all that came later, you know, well, I mean, sure. No, no. Sure. I mean, for, for pop culture purposes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that is neat. I never knew that. Well, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what somebody told me when that I was. That is some like I'm running up with in a it. bar one. It sounded time. good. You heard it here. See, but see, that's the stuff that if you're sitting at a bar with Bobby, you're like, yeah, man, it was it was so the Irish and the Russians. I'd have googled it if I had my phone. it and be like, no, right here it says the Russians and the Chinese. Oh, so Bobby's Google Police. I didn't oh, know yeah, that. Man. Oh, shoot. you better be glad my phone's right. <laughs> you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm never coming on this deal again. Uh, I'll like, Google it afterwards. Yeah. My wife does that to me. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like actually, I was, can't tell this guy anything. Today, today we're on the way back. I was like, man, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy drive from Boone to Brevard. Brevard. That's crazy. That's a crazy drive, man. Yeah. I bet it's now. It's probably about the same as us. I bet it's two hours. No, no, no. I actually pulled Google Police on him. It's two and a half. Yeah. Silver to boot. So, but no, it, Googling stuff, that's a part of our daily. Dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fact and checkers. The, Fact the, checkers is the best part about Google is when you, when you figure something out that somebody's wrong, you get to act like you knew it the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, so when somebody's like, when somebody's like, oh, man, that happened in 1983, and you get on your Google phone, you can look at them and, you know, kind of squint your eyes at them and be yep, like, Yep, NC you, State won. You dumbass. It wasn't. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, they just go to me for the music. That's it. There you go. That's right. That's there you go. Well, Shannon? Yes. All hearts and minds clear? Yeah. Watch out for the bears. It's fun, boys. Yep. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, guys, yeah. thanks for having me. It's, yeah. uh, you know, this awesome shop, you guys, shops, you Plural. guys have. And, yeah. uh, Waynesville's opening tomorrow. Wayne's Good luck in Waynesville. Uh, Thank you. For those of you that are interested in the soft opening, head on up there to Waynesville tomorrow. <laughs> That's it. There'll be some more. Hey, is there going to be a hard opening? 
When is the know. heart opening? I don't know. We don't know. Uh, August second, maybe. Set that up with the chamber. It'll be like second August the second. I don't know. I would call August your, one is on a Sunday. Is it on Google yet? I'm waiting for that little postcard. Oh, let me you. tell you guys what, man. I mean, if it's not Google, it's not even soft yet. <laughs> Once it's okay. on Google, We're then prominent. it's an opening. That's okay. <laughs> We're prominent. Like, Nobody will walk in tomorrow, but I'll be there working on a table or something. There's there's still little plot projects to do. Yep. So somebody's camera is going nuts. That thing was purple. It was this one. Mm. Um, hey, we tell every guest this. You're the best one we've ever had. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> we don't have a dishwasher, so keep that glass. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's all for you. You can take uh, two if you need a matching right. set. When, when I ran out the first time, I started licking the rim, so I guess I better keep it. Cooties. <laughs> nothing, nothing like a rim licker. Cooties. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take us all. home, Shannon. All right, everybody. Thank you once again for listening to this exciting, entertaining, and informative episode of the Tutcast. We'll catch y'all next week. That wraps up another exciting and informative episode of the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon presented by Tuckasichi Fly Shop and Guide Service located at 3 Depot Street, Bryson City, North Carolina and 530 West Main Street, Silver, North Carolina. Be sure to visit www.tuckflyshop.com for streamflow information, book a guided trip, or even shop for your favorite Tuckasichi Fly Shop gear. Follow the crew on Facebook at Tuckasegee Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and on YouTube at Tuckasegee Fly Shop. If you have a question or comment, feel free to send those to info at tuckflyshop.com or give us a call 1-828-488-3333. For Coach Dell Diesel Collins, Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett, I'm Shannon, Big Miss Messer. We'll catch you next week. Be sure to catch a few fish out there, won't you? Y'all take care. <laughs>